But Y is supported by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings may vary. This is But Why, a podcast for curious kids from Vermont Public Radio. On this show, we take your questions and we find answers. Sometimes you send us questions that directly relate to things you've been hearing and seeing in the news. In the last couple of weeks, two big hurricanes have hit parts of the United States and the Caribbean, and they've caused a lot of damage, flooding, destroyed homes and businesses, and harm to people. If you've heard about it on the news or heard adults talking about it, it can be really scary. Later this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about how you can help out, whether you live in an area that's been hit by a hurricane or not. People have studied how kids do after big natural disasters, and they say we do better when we don't feel helpless, when we have a way to contribute to our own rebuilding, or to making other kids and people get their lives back. But for most of the episode, we're going to focus on the science of hurricanes, because that's what you've been asking us about. We called up Professor Shuyi Chen. We didn't have time to get her into a studio, so you might notice the sound quality today is a little bit lower than normal. But we wanted to make sure we got this episode out to you right away. Professor Chen works at the University of Washington in the Department of Atmospheric Sciences. That's kind of a fancy term for weather, but it's not just people predicting the weather. People who study atmospheric sciences do all kinds of things. Here's how Professor Chen explains her job. I do uh, research on hurricanes, and I do observations, um, collecting data, fly aircraft into uh, hurricanes. Um, Our goal is trying to understand where do they form, how strong they get, how much rain they fall out of tropical cyclones like hurricanes, and how strong the wind blows. When storms like Harvey and Irma that we've just seen start to form, Shuyi Chen looks at a computer model. You won't see her on the news giving a weather forecast. She works on those computer models themselves. The computer models try to predict when a storm might hit and what its path is likely to be. So Shuyi works to try to make those models better at predicting storms so we can stay safer. As I said, you've been sending us questions about hurricanes, so let's get right to them. My name's Auden. I live in New Hampshire. I'm seven years old. My question is, how do um, hurricanes form? My name is Charlotte. So the same question from both of them. How do hurricanes form? That's an excellent question. Um, Hurricanes form over ocean when you have a very warm water. Hurricanes take that warm water energy 
warm water evaporating water vapor into atmosphere. Hurricane takes that, and then same time we have that every day. You you would ask why hurricane doesn't form every day, because hurricane is very picky. You need warm water and also need wind that. You know the wind blowing in certain way that favor for them. Ocean water is constantly evaporating and going up into the sky. That's part of the water cycle. But Shuyi said hurricanes are picky. They need not just warm water vapor, but wind that can whip that water vapor up into the clouds. Even then, there are other very specific things that have to be happening with the wind in order to make a hurricane. So, in order for hurricane to form, they have to have the wind doesn't blow too hard on the upper level, very very high in the sky.、Um, then they need the wind very similar to where closer to us near the surface. So you can think of a hurricane as this big cylinder, you know, like big water buckets. It needs to stand up straight. So if you start having wind blow on top really hard, they tilt. Hurricane doesn't like that. So we have warm water. We have a wind that is blow relatively vertically straight, and we also need a lot of water vapor in the atmosphere. Hurricane needs that to form clouds. Under more normal conditions, the water vapor in the clouds could cause a thunderstorm. But a hurricane is different because it needs winds at the surface that push this warm air up into the atmosphere vertically, straight up and down, and lighter winds higher up in the atmosphere. But that's still not a hurricane. Something else has to get this mass of clouds and wind and rain swirling. Hurricane also need some initial kick. Far away in Africa.、Um, Coast, we have these wind blow in some swirly way. We'll call the disturbance, some perturbing things. So that starts thunderstorm, and the thunderstorm starts to collect together, and then move over the warm water in the Atlantic Ocean, and then we have the wind that is really, really favorable for them to form. So when all these good conditions. Get together, then hurricane can form. Got all that? Warm ocean water that evaporates into the air as humid water vapor. Wind that helps the water vapor rise up into the atmosphere and form rain clouds, and then a kick from winds coming off the African coast that can start that cylinder of warm air, rain, and wind spinning. If all of that happens, this big spinning storm can start moving across the ocean towards the land. This type of storm is called a tropical cyclone, and if it spins fast enough, it becomes a hurricane. It might seem like we're getting a lot of hurricanes right now, and Shuyi Chen says a lot of hurricanes form in late summer because this is the best time to have all those conditions together: warm water, good wind over the ocean, and that initial kickstart of a thunderstorm. Our next question comes from Jordan in Cortland, New York. Why do hurricanes strike Florida? Why do hurricanes typically strike places like Florida and Texas and Louisiana, and not places like New York? 
Right. That's, again, excellent question. Great question. So what I just said, her can use warm water, right? So the warm water is usually closer to the equator. So the closer you get to the equator, you get a lot more sunshine. So when you hear people go to vacation, go to Florida, because Florida gets a lot of sunshine because they're closer to the equator, and that's where a lot of warm water is. So when hurricane forms in the warm, over the warm water, over the Atlantic Ocean, they start usually blown by the wind, move from African coast toward United States, but in the south part of the United States, like Florida. And the Gulf of Mexico is another place. It's also in the south, has a lot of warm water. And the Texas is closer to that warm water and also south. So places like Florida and Texas and the Gulf of Mexico, which are warmer and have lots of sunshine and are right next to warm ocean water, are more prone to hurricanes. But that's not always the case. Occasionally, hurricanes do move north, but most of the time they stay in the south. Hurricane doesn't like land, so when they move over land, they get weakened, but they still remain as the swirling winds. They're still taking a lot of water and put them in the atmosphere, then they rinse out. So even if the storm gets weakened by land and its winds slow down, it can still be very powerful, and it can still dump a lot of rain on the places inland or up north. Storms like Sandy and Irene caused major damage in New York, New Jersey, and New England in the last decade, mostly because of flooding and surging ocean waves. Where else in the world do hurricanes strike, and are they called something other than hurricanes? Yes. So hurricanes is a name for a general phenomenon called a tropical cyclone. And in the other part of the world, in Asia, near Japan, China, and that, the Pacific Ocean, uh, anything similar to hurricane would be called typhoons. Some of you listening right now might actually be more familiar with typhoons, depending on where you live. Hurricanes and typhoons are both tropical cyclones. Typhoon is the same phenomenon as a hurricane, except they form over the Pacific near the Asian countries and a lot of the damage. Usually typhoon is bigger than hurricanes, but they have similar intensity and they, they do a lot of similar damages. Ah, so if you're reading the news or listening to the news and you hear about a typhoon, that's the same kind of storm as a hurricane. It's just coming off the Pacific Ocean instead of the Atlantic, and it goes. that's what goes over to Asia? Yes, correct. Yeah, that's exactly right. Can you explain also, sometimes uh, you'll hear somebody say this is a Category 1 storm or a Category 2 or up to a Category 5. What's the difference? Is it just wind speed? Yes, the category one to five was uh, defined by their winds, how strong their winds. So if you stir um, water in your cup, if you stir really fast, you can see that swirling really fast. You can think of that in the atmosphere, that's how wind going around a storm that's spinning really fast. 
So that is defined by, say, if you have something spinning like 74 miles per hour, just like your parents are driving a car on the highway, it's a little faster than that. So that's category one. So then you go on faster, faster, and then by the time you get to 157 miles, that's twice as your parents drive on highways, and that's the wind we'll call Category 5 hurricanes. Yes, you're in trouble if your parents are driving 150 miles an hour on the highway. Absolutely. Absolutely. Our last question comes from Will. I am nine years old. I live in Provo, Utah. And my question is, why do hurricanes have names? The National Hurricane Center in the United States started officially naming storms in 1950. Meteorologists thought naming a storm might make it easier for people to identify and talk about and to remember. The names go in alphabetical order. They used to have traditional girl names, and now they alternate between names normally associated with girls and names normally associated with boys. If you want to know how many storms there have been this year so far, you just have to count the letters. As we're making this podcast, we've gotten to Katya. So A, B, C, D, E, all the way to K is 11. We've had 11 Atlantic storms so far. If we get to 12, it will be called Lee. You should know, by the way, that not all of the storms ever make it to land. Lots of them swirl around in the ocean and make land as weaker storms, or maybe not at all. There are six alphabets worth of names for tropical storms and hurricanes. They're rotated every year. So the storms that you've heard about this year are the same names that were used in 2011. But there are times when that list of names changes a little bit. If a storm comes onto land and causes major damage, or people die because of it, meteorologists will do what's called retiring the name. They won't use it again. For instance, Hurricane Katrina, you would never hear another storm called Hurricane Katrina. That's reserved for that one storm. After that year, that will be retired. So Sandy, you would never hear this again. So like Irma and the storm like Harvey, we're not going to hear them again. So this year's storms that caused damage just recently, Harvey and Irma, are now off the list, and there will be new H and I names in seven years. We've been talking about the science of these storms, but you may be more concerned about the damage they cause. In a few minutes, we're going to learn a little bit about what you can do to help victims of natural disasters. But first, a message for the adults who are listening. Support for our program comes from Oak Meadow, providing secular, student-centered homeschooling curriculum and a teacher-supported distance learning school for K-12. Oak Meadow has encouraged kids to follow their curiosity and uncover the answers to But Why for 45 years. To learn more, visit oakmeadow.com. Atmospheric scientist Shu Yi Chen has been answering your questions about hurricanes. As part of her work, Shu Yi has actually had the chance to fly in airplanes inside of a hurricane. And she says it's amazing. I flew into hurricanes several times, and one of them was um, a storm called Rita, which happened in 2005, right after Katrina. Uh, when you fly into, there's Hurricane Iowa, which is huge, gigantic clouds, right? So the aircraft will fly through them, and that is very turbulent. 
But once you go into the eye, hurricane has eye. The eye is really quiet. So when you go into the eye, you look all the clouds around you. It's really beautiful. It's a gigantic stadium because the clouds kind of tilted backwards. So you're looking at them. And then you're looking down, you will see the large ocean surface waves being blown by the uh, the uh, the wind. It's just really beautiful. Sometimes you fly into a hurricane during the night, you will see moonlight come through the eye, and it's really beautiful. But then at the same time, you do wonder how Mother Nature can make such a beautiful system, but then so destructive on the ground. That makes science really, really interesting, and you know your work can contribute something that understands both that beautiful system that Mother Nature makes, and at the same time try to understand how we do things can make people's life easier on the ground. We wanted to know how she got started in this field. Xu Yi says she wanted to study something that's both interesting scientifically and has a big impact on humans because she wants her scientific work to help contribute to our understanding of big tropical storms so we can build better and more carefully and stay safe by knowing more accurately where a storm is likely to hit. And if that sounds interesting to you, Professor Chen wants to encourage you to become an atmospheric scientist. I would really encourage any kids who would be interested in doing hurricane science in terms of interest of weather and help us to make better forecasts in the future in hurricanes. Then I would encourage you to go into science and study science related to weather phenomena like myself and to be sure you understand there are many people study for many, many years. We still have a lot of things we do not understand very well about how hurricanes form exactly where and when. So these are science that we need every single kid who are interested in the science to come into our field. And you are the future for science. We'll welcome you into the field. Thanks so much to Professor Xu Yi Chen for talking to us in the midst of a very busy week. When we hear about disasters, a lot of us want to help. It's hard to hear about people who've lost their homes and are left with nothing. I think that makes all of us sad, and we have an instinct to help. So what can you do? Well, often experts say in the early days after a storm, the best thing you can do is send money to a charity. And you can even find organizations that are helping other kids or animals. Now, you're a kid, you might not feel like you have any money, but perhaps there are ways you can raise some to help people affected by hurricanes. Maybe you're part of a scout troop or a sports team, or you have a classroom that could organize a fundraiser. A fundraiser is an event where you raise money to help out an organization. We have a list of a few organizations that National Public Radio has compiled that are accepting donations on behalf of victims of Hurricane Harvey in Texas and Hurricane Irma in Florida and the Caribbean. Some of you might be interested in donating to groups like Save the Children or to animal shelters that are helping animals who've been separated from their owners in the storm. Have an adult help you go to butwhykids.org for that list. And thanks to National Public Radio for compiling those resources. I hope all of you who are listening have stayed safe. If hurricanes or typhoons are something that happen in your area, 
you should talk to an adult about how you can stay safe and be prepared. These storms are dangerous, but researchers like Xu Yichen are getting really good at predicting them, so there's enough time to get to safety. As always, if you have a question for us, send it to questions at butwhykids.org. We love hearing from all of you, and we listen to every question, even if we're not always able to answer them all. You guys are so smart and curious and interesting. But Why's theme music is by Luke Reynolds. The podcast is produced by Melody Baudette and me, Jane Lindholm, at Vermont Public Radio. Stay curious.